0: aloha ladies and gentlemen this is q the abolitionist and you're listening to the veterans day bonus episode of unshackled liberty we talked to donnie Gebert and we talked to skip the collapsitarian about what it meant to be uh well what it means to be a veteran talked a little bit about their military service each one of them very enlightening points of view each one i uh, hope you enjoy the show so without any further delay here's the unshackled liberty veterans day special What were you, uh, what were you saying about that information war? I'm interested in that. Can you hear me? Cool. The internet was. Re- I- yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, tell me about that information war.
1: Um, so I was just saying, like before COVID hit, we had everything was running fine, right? We 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 were all as human beings, we had a standard of of information flow right and the internet right with youtube and facebook and social media and twitter and all the other other things that you can log into and uh absorb information well after covid hit um you could tell that they it's not as fluid as it once was right like the information it's kind of clunky it's glitchy it's not flowing the, the your your feeds and your your um uh, your wall or whatever platform you're on, it just doesn't run as smooth as smoothly as it did before. And I was just saying, it's it's probably some sort of information war, and you know that that probably ties into a lot of those uh, C cables, and you know there, there there's conduits for information to flow through, and who knows? Lord only knows what's going on with that because nothing's running like it used to. Like, go look at your Facebook feed it's all jacked up and glitchy and somebody well, will see
0: something you post like five days later. And you're like, dude, did you notice, yeah. Did you notice that like on, um, uh, on Twitter on Saturday when they, when they started, when all the news uh, outlets started making their, their announcements about, um, about, uh, Joe Biden being the projected winner. It, like, it was like Twitter just shut down. I don't know if that was just me or anything else, I hadn't heard anything about it. Did, did you notice that or no?
1: No, I, I have noticed it. And here's the thing that I think is a key indicator into what we're seeing. And it doesn't matter wh- if you vote or not, or if you're left or right, or if you think Biden is the winner-elect, or if you think that, he, that Trump got robbed, whatever. That's not what I mean. What I mean is um, if you post anything that goes against the narrative, it's flagged, and you're not going to get true it's going to be censored it's not going to be it's not like you throw in your information out there and it's going to be viewed as normal you know like like before like if you say anything that might seem as if you favor the right or you're against the left or you don't think Biden is elect uh then you're going to get it's going to get glitchy it's going to get flagged you're going to have that little stupid pop up at the bottom of your tweet or, or on your Facebook post that's going to say something like, well, the election is this or that. And here's the facts, Jack.
0: You know what I mean? I do. I do know what you mean. I, uh, I noticed a couple of those things. It's like, if you, if you ask a question, yeah, there where they, there there's like, I'm, I can't remember if it's on Facebook or Twitter, but I've seen it. I think, I think, I think I've seen it on both where they put a little icon on there, a little like mm-hmm. note that says, Hey, uh, fact check this, you know, and that—that's obvious. Anytime somebody's going against the the the, uh, the approved narrative, and I think a lot of it is just like—it's just to like um, you know control. Well, it's to control. It's to control minds, right? It's it's brainwashing. Is what it is. Yeah. Well, it's because, you plant a,
1: you plant that seed, and yeah. somebody who isn't aware that oh, I'm just somebody who isn't aware and has their eyes open might be like oh. And they'll read that little blurb and, you know, it's the same thing that happened whenever COVID took over the new, the new, the new COVID norm. Um, if you say something, even if it's your opinion and, and you, you have a conviction to express your opinion, if you say something, bam, you're going to get lit up by by all the other people that don't agree with you in whatever platform you're on and, and they're going to come at you with these facts, but you know what? You can use facts to, to, blend in false narratives and 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 the truth you know you can you can shade it a certain way where i mean it doesn't matter like if you were to tell me uh trump really won and biden didn't i could come at you with all these facts from from the left that makes it seem misconstrued and that it might not be right so it's like this is an information war alex jones had it right dude info wars prison planet you know regardless of what you think about him you know the dude brought truth i don't know
0: how far along so he is he brought is and... he, he he brought truth sometimes <laughs> you know yeah. you know what i mean can like, you can you weed through it you know what i mean like yeah 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 no and, and and i get it like he's he's uh he's got like um a following he's got like a like a platform and and he's got you know his own his own uh livelihood to 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 care for and all that into, stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. so he's got to push that envelope constantly. But yeah, dude, that guy, that guy has um, brought some significant information to the forefront that uh, it just was like, not that people just didn't know about, you know, but uh, in, in the, uh, in the short amount of time, or I guess a lot, he's been on for a while, but what's he doing now? He's got his own thing going, right? He, they, uh, but a lot of, sometimes it's like, it's like, come on, bro. Like nobody believes that. And it's way out there. It, you know it's, it's you kind of the same i just think with, it's it's like is it so it goes back to who who are we talking about i think it was rain i think it was rain yeah, actually yeah, with that yeah. episode we did with rain and he was like the difference between you know information misinformation and disinformation yeah yeah and uh, i just wonder how much of how much of that whole info wars alex jones is disinformation you know it gives you just enough of the truth to where you trust a lot of what he says Uh, but the truth that he gives you is the stuff that they're kind of willing to let out and then the rest of it's just like crazy talk so that if you if you say that at like a a dinner party they're gonna be like oh look at this whack job and nobody ever wants to hear from you again you know yeah
1: i think the the same thing goes for the the, david ike you know the guy from europe um he he started out as like a TV anchor and then he started busting out with all this crazy stuff. And he was the lapping stock, you know, of television for a while years ago in the eighties, I think, or the early nineties. But even he comes with some really good stuff that, that you makes you think, but then he turns around and says that, uh, you know, they're reptilians, there's aliens, interstellar, tra- ultra dimensional aliens that are coming that are reptilian. And it's like, ah, come on, dude, you were onto some conspiracy
0: stuff that sounded you know, and then you go and do that. But so let's talk about that for a minute. Right. Like, so the word reptilian thing, um, I've always considered that to be a metaphor. I've, I've used used it and I've meant, and I've meant it as a metaphor. I've never, I've never once really considered that Hillary Clinton was actually, was actually a lizard. Um, although she might be, I guess, but, uh, (laughs) I, I've always I've always considered that the uh, the um, you know the political rulers will say uh, were you know lizard people, but that was a metaphor that I used. Yeah. I just used that as like a way of of describing uh, like a heartless, cold blooded kind of uh, you know person that 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 has that only is looking out for their interests and their and the interests of those who are care, caretaking or what What am I saying? Like uh, like the people they're beholden to. Are there people out there that actually think yes. that they're actually lizards? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. That's and that's where really? David David Icke goes into that direction. Or he did before. Huh. But then again, recently he was just on Facebook on a Facebook Live and he dropped some bombshells and he was talking about truth. And you listen to it and he's like, okay, this is the David Icke that I like. But then again, you go look at his, his look at his uh, his past. Uh, content And he's got some good stuff, but then he's got some stuff that goes off into woo-woo land. Goes off into. I think we got a visitor.
0: We got a visitor. Is, is is that Skip? Is Skip in the house, man? Are you here, buddy? What's going on, my brothers? What's up, my man? What's How you doing? Up, How are we bro? doing? Excellent. Good, dude. How are you glad doing? You're here. Thanks, thanks for joining us, man. On this very special sure, Valentine's. Nope, no, not Valentine's Day. Veterans Day. <laughs> <laughs> hey that, that goes just show, show that your you, love your love for skip it's valentine's day baby skip will you be my valentine oh, man
2: <laughs> isn't tomorrow your anniversary or
1: something mine yeah yeah tomorrow's my um five-year anniversary yeah that.
2: right on happy Thank thanksgiving you, or you. happy uh valentine's day there you go <laughs> we're, we're bouncing all over the yeah place. valentine's There's day,
0: day thanksgiving there. hey man i appreciate Thanks it Thank you. Me, anniversaries yeah that's good
2: Happy Veterans Day to all of you, actually. Like, oh yeah, yeah dude. I'm glad you. you're Happy here. Ventures we wanted to
0: Day. have have a have a quick little uh, like a like a a special. So we're recording this on Tuesday night with the uh, the expectation that that if the editing effort isn't so uh, terrible that that I can get through it and release it uh, before midnight tonight, which will make it just in time for the Wednesday the Wednesday morning Veterans Day celebration. So hopefully, I can get this released. Sweet. I'd love to do that. Yeah. One of these hey, days we'll figure out how to do a live episode. Huh? Oh
2: yeah, I, I'm I just want you to know I'm I'm toasting the collapse with some bullet bourbon right now.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, right on. Good for that's good stuff, man. Awesome. Yeah. So one of these days we'll figure out how to do a live episode, and when we do that, then, then we'll do it. But this is as close to live as I think we're gonna get. We usually do like about that's a week, cool. week and a half uh, in between um, episode or like when we record to the release but uh, i'm going to try and get this out in like in a matter of a couple hours. um cool. So hey, we're going to we're going to have this uh this um i guess a veterans day show and i wanted to spend some time with you going over you know some some parts of your service that you want to share. um but mostly like uh like well, you know in the navy we used to call them sea stories like just just silly little stories about about service that that only that only veterans understand and uh and maybe just kind of see where the conversation goes other than that we don't have any format or platform or or um, or script or anything that we want to do on this we just want to have a chat and then if donnie gebert shows up i think we did a we did an episode with donnie not too long ago we haven't quite released it yet um but we're looking forward to him he's a veteran also and uh just to kind of have have the four of us do like a roundtable conversation about you know what that means and what it means to us anyway yeah. and uh, where where we see where we see this uh nation going. maybe we'll touch on the 20 years of war uh, again it's not been 20 years yet but it's getting close to it september 11th uh kind of the beginning yeah. of of what we would consider um what we would consider the, the the global war on terror and then uh but we know that that's probably been going a little bit longer than that right so but uh so skip how you been buddy i was listening to you on um on Vedarkis' podcast, actually earlier today on the Smoke Pit, you guys are having a good time, and you had me. Yeah. you you guys reminded me of uh, just the need to to stay. I don't know, ready. We'll say, you know. So yeah. What's up, man? How you doing?
2: I'm doing good, and yeah, and of course, since that podcast, I've probably loaded another forty magazines, and <laughs> uh, I've been tumbling brass and reloading.
0: <laughs> I've been starting to get into reloading myself, man. Just cuz the prices are they're just crazy and you can't find anything hardly.
2: They're not yeah? going to get better for a while.
0: Yeah, I believe. I mean
2: it. I mean, you know, I guess you probably heard about this the uh stop the steel caravan that's driving through the southeast.
0: No. What's
2: that? I think they just got uh, yeah, I think they just got to New Orleans or I can't remember where where they were headed i don't have their map in front of me but um no what it is is uh owen schroyer from uh from info wars went and started this caravan where they're gonna try to stop the steal, meaning the the, the vote and so they're uh, they're driving right. they're driving like through the night through the day you know the whole bit And then they're going to crash sometime tonight. And then the goal is, is that they arrive. They're shooting for a million people, but I don't, I don't see them getting a million just simply because there's the only time you can find a million people is on the left because they'll all take whatever unemployment that they can and whatever promises they get for unemployment to, uh, to run out there and, you know, most people don't leave their jobs at the drop of a hat. Yeah. The, the,
1: the, yeah you know, the maggots are going to, uh, they're, they're going to pulse pulse to the, uh, to the yeah. same carcass, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I, although I, c- I can see them coming up with 25,000, you know, but I, I couldn't do something like that. They're, they're going to roll to DC where they can't even have, they can't even enter the district of Columbia without a COVID test. And then, yeah, of course, no weapons, no weapons. Like, when do I go anywhere without weapons? I mean, come on. And so, yeah, I couldn't do something like that. But you know what? Hats off to them. They feel like they got to be doing something. And, you know, that's a lot more than some people are doing. you know, if you believe hard enough at something, that's what you do. True. Regardless, you know, so... Just my thoughts, but I'll tell you what—it's good to stay in contact with other veterans. You know, I, I sent out a uh, text message to a bunch of my real close brothers uh, tonight, actually, before we got on here. Just you know, thanking them for their friendship and you know what it means to me, and you know, I sent a meme, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, but the point the point. The point is, yeah, it was, it was a it was a pretty dank one. But um, but the point is, is that, you know, it's... Is there, is there it's any it's, other kind, man? You know, uh, it's not, if it's either. not dank, yeah. it's stank. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I'll tell you, the left can't meme. I mean, they don't even bother no, that's true. At, at this yeah. point. I don't know if you've seen a left meme in a while. They're getting pretty rare, by the way. I mean, it, it would yeah. actually be worth collecting them just to put them up so that you could actually have like a collage wall of all left memes. Because in another twenty years, people are gonna look at these things and they're gonna be like, "What the hell is wrong with these people?" It's, it's because
1: it's because they all left their meme station and they're celebrating Biden elect.
2: Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah man. yeah yeah. Oh, can you imagine when they find out that it's likely to go for Trump? The
1: W's coming, like, man. Uh, it, like, it
2: is. Oh man, they're gonna! I'm telling you, I'm gonna go full Cartman. I absolutely, positively have got to have the unfathomable tears of sorrow. I want to get a bottle of them.
1: Them salt, them sweet salty well,
0: so, tears. Yeah. So, yeah keep, so keep going on that. So are you? Are you guys saying you think that the uh, that the old the old Trumpster is gonna pull out the W on this? Absolutely. Hell yeah, I do. Yeah. Think so? I do. Well, what, okay, yes. what, what's the back? What's the background on that? You know, I try not to trust um, a, lot of, a lot of the uh, QAnon stuff. Um, and, you know, right. you, guys, you guys have heard me say that before. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big follower of that stuff, but I am definitely interested in, in yeah. this whole thing. So what's the backstory yeah. on, on why well, we here, think Trump, why do you think Trump's going to pull here, out the dub? Here's a little tidbit real
1: quick on mainstream media on Fox so I sat on this stuff for, for a few days because it was swirling around on the interwebs, and I wanted to wait and see if it made it to the mainstream because that that's an indicator that tells you if it leaks into the mainstream, you can't trust the mainstream, first of all, but if it leaks into there, you got to... I mean, this whole disinfo-missinfo thing, good luck. Good luck trying to figure it out because I sure can't. But um, on, on Fox, they have this uh, little bit about the Hammer program and the scorecard software. And they actually... You, you remember whenever uh, overnight, over the election night, the glitch happened, and then Biden jumped up? Well, they actually have software and programming for that, so they know that it was manipulated. And I'm thinking that it's going to start rolling out, but uh, I don't know. You got anything on that, Skip?
2: Yeah, I do. In fact, that that's just one aspect of what's going on, okay, as far as the software. The other one is, you know, the, uh, you know, here in Arizona, you know, we've got the Sharpie gate, right. Cause they yeah, told everybody yeah. to use Sharpies and then they said, Oh no, we never said to use Sharpies. And I, I freaking have messages from them that said that they could use Sharpies. So, you know, and I've yet to find my vote, by the way, I, I, I have yet to find it. It's out there somewhere. Um, I, it, I might've left it up on the roof with my <laughs> rifle, but, I'm positive that I that I that I voted, but anyway. So, um, so here's 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 the breakdown, though. Um, from what I got from Ivan Raiklin, I don't know if you guys have heard of his name.
0: No, I don't know him.
2: Apparently, he's been a guest on a couple couple different MSN, um, you know, MSM, you know, channels or whatever. I I didn't really listen to him from there because I don't even have cable, but but where where I did hear him, believe it or not, was on InfoWars and um, they have him as a guest on there. And it's the first time I've ever seen him, but uh, I, apparently he's a constitutional scholar. And hmm. what he did was he run, he ran the numbers versus like, which states are going to do an audit, which states are going to have things tied up in court. Um, th- some there, there's, there's a couple things that are going on at the same time, yeah. right? So there's, there's already litigation going on in like what, five, six, seven states. Then you have the state legislatures and the governors. Now, I did not think about this, but he actually rolls out the constitution and he's like, okay, everybody else has got opinions on this, but I'm actually, this is my job. This is what I do. And so he, he basically advises um, you know, different organizations on constitutional law specific to do with elections and he basically said that because of the legislature the legislatures and the governors in the states that are in uh contest most of them not all but most of them are republican and and where that's going to come into play is when they decide how uh, who to select as the um as the electors to go to the capital from from the states and that will make a determination of what those numbers are going to look like so in other words it doesn't matter the election of course we all laugh about how it doesn't matter and we all know it can be stolen really easily and this this year of all years i think has really demonstrated that you know a digital vote is is a non-vote but voting by ballot uh, by mail is it seems to be like it's a non-vote as well um but basically what he is saying based on his analysis is is that it's going to be a 305 trump win
0: think
1: so
2: 305 huh? yeah. I, I
1: would, yeah i would i would i know that q and i differ in our um stances on things and i um you know coming into this whole uh podcast adventure you know got my wheels to turn in and whatnot, but, Dare I say that if you're going to have an overlord, which we do because that's the way the system is, I think you're better off with Trump being that overlord than the other ones. And I know that's controversial, and people don't want to hear that, but you're going to have one or the other. It's A or B, and they're going to be there. So we're probably better off with it being red, as far as I can tell. Unless I'm just stupid, am, am I wrong? I, I see I don't know. a
2: couple good. I see a couple good things coming out of this um you know i i sat down with zero gov like two days after the election or something like that we actually had like a face-to-face and um and we because we wanted to actually talk in person we didn't want to have this conversation recorded mm-hmm. but but the gist uh, of yeah. the conversation right is that he actually is anticipating of a, a split in the republican party
1: hmm, interesting
2: based on what's going on and the reason he is saying that is because right now the bulk, and I'm not talking like GOP, grand old Politburo, as he likes to call it, but I'm, talk, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm actually talking about the actual voters, the, the voting people that consider themselves part of GOP are not the same as the people that are in Washington to represent them that carry the name GOP is, is the point. Okay. And, and and where he's getting at with this is that essentially the a lot of the, the 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 legacy GOP, which was the war party, the ones that you know so happily committed all of us to combat zones, um, that GOP is kind of on their way out. And, and to a lot of voters today are irrelevant in a lot of ways, which is why there's been so much public support from the Republican Party, I say people, the voters, versus the amount of support that Trump gets from actual Republicans in Mordor on the Potomac. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So what he's saying is, is, is that that split may actually send the war party of the Republicans packing and 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 the Republican party may actually become the anti-war party because well, let's face it everybody knows this year's election other than the fact that they want like freaking covid-19 forever That's to so to man. you know the lockdowns and Lockdowns, by the way, originated, that's a prison term, right? Oh, yeah. You know, the term, yeah. the term yeah. lockdown originated in prison. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, but this, this particular election was um, authoritarianism versus trying to drain the swamp. And I, I know that Trump has not done a lot to dry, drain the swamp, but quite frankly... I think the swamp creatures were a lot scarier than what he anticipated. I, I think it's a lot, it's, there's a lot more in there. I mean, he, every time he's turned yeah. around, he, he fired the Seth def today, for the love of God.
1: Yeah, that dude's you an know? outlier. So, so yeah. if, you, if you root for the underdog, I mean, he, he was an outlier. He's not he's not one of them.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. And I'm not trying to, look, this is not all about, you know, Skip loves Trump. That's not what this is about. But what this is about, like you said, you know, if you have to have an overlord, pick the overlord that doesn't like the swamp, that doesn't like the deep state, that doesn't like, you know, the, um, I mean, he's, he's named the deep state numerous times in many speeches, you know, so I, I really don't think he's part of the deep state. If all he's doing is sticking his finger in their eye, you know, I just don't see it uh yeah i mean that's possible but you know who the real op was george w bush that's oh, yeah. who the real op was
0: well he got you know, us all and, too right i don't know about you but boy i tell you what i was sure with that whole with us or against us speech man oh yeah i was oh yeah i was, on I was board too for that, and I, I hook line and sinker man he got me and then after you 9 know, like, you know yeah
2: after 9 yeah. 11 i just wanted to see mushroom clouds in the middle east i didn't care Girl. So, I mean, you guys Mm -hmm. are picking up what I'm putting down. And what I'm saying is is that Bush was the op. You know, you never heard Bush talk about, oh, we got to get rid of this deep state. It, It was nothing like that because he was the deep state. He was, his family were, had very solid roots in there. And so, you know, for me, you know, I think now, there's no one that really argues the fact that there isn't some type of power in Washington slash wherever that runs the country outside of the electors electorate and the voters. I don't think anybody argues that now.
0: Well, yeah, somebody killed Kennedy, right? You know, it's, it's the same monster, you know, it's the same monster that was going on back then. Yeah.
2: And kind of, you know. was it because of what he had said about the Federal Reserve or was it what he had said about the CIA? Uh, you know, quite frankly, it could be either or or a combination well, of the two. Yeah, those are those are two, legs.
0: those are two legs of the same pair of pants, dude. You know, so.
2: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, in that regard, I don't think anybody of any kind of sound mind that I talk to now that doesn't deny the fact that there's some level of power that, that the voters will just n- never be able to get rid of.
0: So you what know? does it take? What does it take to wake the rest of us up, dude? Like, so like I'm, I'm on this whole, you, I mean, we, we've talked several times and I, and I enjoy every single conversation we have. Um, but uh, who's the best collapsitarian choice between Trump and Biden? Oh, there's no question
2: in my mind that uh, Trump is a collapsitarian. Look at how many people he fires. He fires people left and right and left and right, partly because he realizes that they're there to protect their interests and he's there to destroy those interests. And so, you know, every time he turns around, I mean, look at, you know, the director of FBI, the, direct, the DOJ, the director of the CIA, the, I mean, just go down the list. And, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but um, I had a good friend that worked for Flynn. I knew uh, General Flynn, but I knew him back when he was like, you know, a, a young field grade officer. So I, okay. I never met him after that. Like after they put a star on, sometimes people say they get, you know, like a lobotomy or whatever, but but uh, the point is, is I, I knew him then and he was a good guy. I, I didn't dislike him. I thought he was a stand standup uh, officer. I liked him, okay? Um, and, and, you know, I wasn't an officer, I was an enlisted guy. So, you know, I, I, you know, you can, as an enlisted guy, you can pick out and be like, you know, that guy cares about the soldiers, the mission, whatever. That guy is all about himself, all about, you know, whatever, you know, he's just all about promotions. That was not Mike Flynn, and um, and, and and Mike Flynn uh, is a really good guy. Um, from everything that I've heard from some of my friends who have actually worked for him, like pretty recently, um, that have known him pretty well, um, you know, say recently, as in like the last ten years, and um, and so you know, some of my friends are all like, you know, he's a stand-up guy. You know, he's, he's a good dude and all that. And and I mean you saw how they came out against Mike Flynn uh, right off the bat. And I don't know if you guys watched that documentary that they just released on Amazon. Um, the daughter of, uh, let's see, David Milius. So it'd be Amanda Milius. So David Milius was the guy that directed the movie that we all love, uh, Red Dawn, the original, 1984. And, and his daughter did a, a documentary on the, you know, the Russiagate scandal, basically. I mean, essentially, it was like, you know, the plot against the president, and it's on Amazon. They get it to Amazon before the election. I don't know how long before the election, but I would imagine probably at least a week or two before the election. And do you know that Amazon held that up until the day after the election? you know, not, does it surprise not a big, me? <laughs> not a big surprise at all. Not a big surprise. Right. But anyway, so, um, Alex Jones had her on and talking with her and I was just like that gal one, she's freaking smart and she can't stand Hollywood. She grew up in Hollywood. She can't stand Hollywood. She had all these stories about her dad. She actually had the leather jacket that, um, that Patrick Swayze, I mean, not Patrick Swayze, um, the the younger brother, Patrick Swayze's little brother. Um, shoot, um, why am I not thinking of his name right now? Anyway, um, you know from
1: because he's not Patrick Swayze. Skip.
0: It's
2: it's the <laughs> brother. It's the little brother in Red Dawn. You guys are killing me. Anyway, was so that, was that so the did yeah, Charlie
0: jacket. Sheen play that guy? Charlie, Charlie Sheen,
2: Sheen. Thank you. It was Charlie Sheen. Oh, yes, Charlie. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 So Charlie winning. Sheen's letter Jack winning. <laughs> you got it man you got it you get the points tonight so um but but yeah charlie sheen's letter jacket she had it like laying right there on the uh on the counter as they were doing their uh interview i thought it was pretty cool but but anyway so she did a really good job explaining all the process and so i immediately i was like okay i have to watch this and do you know that like, I kind of knew what was going on with Flynn when it was happening. And I kind of knew with the, you know, but remember, you know, I was busy founding Collapsitarian, right? So yeah. I didn't really have a lot of time to sit around and, and, and look at the, you know, the days of our lives of Washington, D.C. And, and the political leviathan, right? And so I didn't really know all the things that were going on. You watched this, uh, this show, Plot Against the President. And, and the documentary, and it takes it all the way through in chronological order. And by the time you're done, in fact, it hit me about th- three quarters of the way through, you're just like, wow, holy crap. I don't know how this isn't obvious to everybody. But the truth is, the mainstream media just obfuscates everything to where people just don't know what to believe anymore. And, and I think that we see that, the three of us, you know, whether it has to do with 9-11, whether it has to do with just you know education and the fact that education is not really education but indoctrination yeah, indoctrinating yeah, yeah. people to the state or you know different things I used to be really hard on nationalism really hard on nationalism um, you know as an ANCAPR. and then I started realizing that there's another group of people that are really hard on nationalists. And they have a much worse track record of filling mass graves than anybody else. And that's when I started becoming a lot more anti-communist and a lot less anti-nationalist. And I decided that I was going to start picking my battles a little better. Mm. And that's when I found this little niche group that we have on Twitter, you know, that we all kind of have each other's backs and discussions and you know and 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 when there's oh, a yeah. good dank when there's a good dank meme that's posted out there it's like we all <laughs> get it right we all get it we laugh you know we think it's funny and everybody's like i don't understand why are you cuz we can laugh at the president but then we can laugh at biden you know what i mean like we can do both yeah. like we can yeah. you know or we can say you know oh yeah there's a little bit of truth there to that i mean that's what makes a meme funny right is it the fact that there's some truth to it you know what there's, uh, a lot so, of, there's
0: a lot of education in memes too man and and it's, and it's right up everybody's alley with with this uh you know i hate to say it but the whole fast food culture that we're in we want it we want it right now um not yeah. you know you don't have a, you don't have a lot of time to read a whole history book dude but if you can sum it up in a funny picture and a few quippy words dude that's and the, that's there's a lot of education that comes out in a well-placed well well uh well-crafted meme dude it yeah. ties yes. back
1: into that uh A picture says a thousand words, man. It's never went away. It's it's the same thing over and over. Nothing new under the sun, you know. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's 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 like it's like Egyptian hieroglyphics. You know, you look at Egyptian hieroglyphics, you can figure out who are the bad guys, who are the conquerors, who are the oppressed. You know, in their hieroglyphics or you know in in their the the writings that they would do on the sides of you know some of the uh, tombs and different things like that, you can figure it out and. And, and, and so, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you talk about all the different subjects that we discuss, whether it's, you know, the non-aggression principle, whether it's, you know, the rights are rooted in the individual, you know, that, you know, the only rights you have are the ones that you're willing to die, you know, uh, defending or, you know, or kill defending. You know those kinds of points that we kind of hammered out, and we say, "Yeah, that actually makes sense. That 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 actually fits in my in my in my worldview pretty well." Um, that's not the kind of education that, that is out there. You know, in fact, it's the opposite, and and that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to counter. And we'll never have we'll never have the uh, the mic so to speak, you know, we're not going to get the open mic night where we get a million people listening. It's just not going to happen. You know, you, you, and I'm not trying to sell any of us short, but we're never going to be guests on the Joe Rogan podcast. We're just not, you know, and that's Dude, okay you, you, I'm that all right was, i was that. about to
0: make i was about to make the announcement uh oh. gumbo and i are are gonna be on the joe rogan podcast uh, next, next week actually yeah hey look i come, I come up with this, <laughs> hey i come up with
1: this corny little uh analogy this yeah. is kind of for q and skip you were we're, we're 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 sailors so hang on with us you know don't, don't <laughs> okay Hang, hang in there. This is going to so be th-
0: stupid. I know already. No, no
1: it's not. So think <laughs> about it. Okay. When you're on a ship, regardless of what your job or rate is, if you're an officer or not, if you're enlisted or not. Okay. Everybody, you know, the, the ship is manned. You got, you got the crew. So there's a skipper, you know, there's the CO, the commanding officer. And sometimes yeah. he can be, he can be a good, like you were talking about earlier with Flynn. He can be a good dude that understands that, that, that treats his, sailors good that treats his soldiers good whatever yeah yeah he can be the opposite he could be one of those guys that's all about his career don't care about you couldn't care less about anybody's advancement couldn't care less about the the morale of the the sailors couldn't care less about the mission he just wants to get that next star he wants to get that next promotion he wants to move on and do his little bit of time but sometimes you get a skipper in there who who you love because he's a good dude Yeah, uh, yeah And I've had a, I've had the bad ones and I've had the good ones on the same ship and uh, you know I'm, I'm thinking about one particular guy right now and I won't say his name because but he's a good dude and I love him I love him like a brother you know and uh, yeah it's a it's a great analogy for what's going on in America because I just cannot let go of the fact that I love my country and that I want right. it to succeed and I'm not talking about politics and I'm not talking about uh, overlords and the systems there I understand that but I'm looking at it and an analogy of a ship. You have a CEO, you have the guy who is in charge of that ship and whether he's good or bad, uh, is going to dictate the morale of the sailors of the crew of that ship. And I feel like right now we got a bunch of people that's on that ship that's fighting, <clears throat> that's divided. And, um, I think the choice is clear. We're all on a ship right now regardless of what mm-hmm. you feel or, or where you're coming from or what you think about ships or what you think about the ocean or what you think about what class of ship you're on, you're on a ship. And uh, the choice is clear. And I don't know how much of a choice we have at this point, but I, I just had to say that because it was kind of, I was convicted of saying that it was on my heart there. Q's looking yeah. at me and shaking his head and thinking that's, that's gay. You're on a ship, Q. You're on a ship.
0: Yeah. So, so right. the difference is the di- the difference the difference is, um, when you're on a ship and you have a commanding officer, uh, you know that's that's an arrangement that you made for the for f- you know f- for that life for that part of your life. Um, yeah. This isn't a ship. There is no commanding officer, the principle of the way, the way the founders and here, I'm going to get in this whole thing. The, the, I mean, and I don't, I don't even, I'm not a big fan, I'm not a constitutionalist. He's drinking yeah, the I'm Kool-Aid.
2: I'm not a constitutionalist.
0: I'm not any of that stuff. But listen, the founders, this country doesn't have a CO, right? The reason why they selected the term president and not some other thing is because it's not a, an overbearing position. In fact, the president isn't even supposed to be in charge of much of the 3 coequal branches of government. The one who's supposed to have the more, the most power is supposed to be the legislative branch. And of that legislative branch, the house of representatives, because they're closer to the people. Now, Congress has abdicated all of their power almost to the executive branch. And that's where we get this. That's where we get where people actually care who the president is. You shouldn't even care who the president is. If you care who the president is the president already has too much power. He's not supposed yeah. to be the CEO. He's supposed yeah. to be a servant. He's supposed to be a servant. He's supposed to yeah. be just just being an executive director of his particular branch of service. He's not supposed to run the country. That's not his job. They they've just abdicated all of that. Now. Yeah. Shoot your whole thing. I'm sorry to even go there but but like the, it's, it''s the c o is that when we were when we were sailors, we would always say the c o is like or at least i would uh, would you know refer to the sailor or refer to the the c o of a ship a captain of a ship as like the last sovereign king in the world because if you have a ship at sea, who's going to tell that captain what to do that's his ship right. at sea right yeah that's yeah. not what we have here in america that's at least not the way it's supposed to be so Sorry, right. I understand the analogy, but I couldn't, I, couldn't, my man, my man, I, come hey, I love you like in, a brother. You know, I do. I couldn't, I couldn't take that one. You're still in a ship, bro. So
2: <laughs> if I, if I can take the two. It's mutiny. You guys it's have mutiny have on, on the bounty. Up. Then if
0: that's the it's, ship we're on, it's reality. <laughs> it's reality.
2: So here, here's another thought. And, and I, you know, maybe I put it into a different term, but um you know, it's okay if everybody just wants to go their own way, right? It's okay. Yeah. Like if the states are like, you know what? You know, if, if uh, you know, say Trump gets the, the 305 or the 300 or whatever, but, you know, whatever whatever the number ends up being, okay? You know, say he wins and, you know, or, Oregon and Washington are like so butthurt that they just say, okay, we want out. You know, then what I say, you know, and I think we're all on board with this, let them go their own way. But this is the problem. There are people in Washington that don't want to leave. And a good number of them are in eastern Washington. And then there's the people in western Washington. So at that point, you know, Washington wants to split in half. And, and, and western Washington wants to like, you know, test out a larger version of what they were trying to do in Seattle, downtown Seattle. Yeah. Yep. Then, hey, ha- have at it. You know, because who am I to tell you that violence will ensue if you decide you want a divorce? Right.
0: Well, I think you know, I'm, I think I'm that's not probably the healthiest. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah the, I, I think the, I think that's probably the healthiest uh, thing we could do at this point, man. And, um, and the truth you, is, you,
2: that it won't take long. For everybody yeah. to see exactly how awful their experiment will go. Well, we decentralization
0: and and secession, right? And it'll it'll you'll you'll see yeah. right off the bat that a lot of the socialist stuff is just garbage. That that, it that is. real value for uh, the real value and the real lifeblood of any culture, or I shouldn't say culture, but any society, is the market. You know, trade, right? That's fair right. trade, or f- yeah. I'm sorry, free trade, right? And 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 not just not just services and goods, but ideas also. Right? That's why podcasts, ideas and, I,
2: yeah. I think that's why podcasts are so successful because you have a marketplace of ideas. And, yeah, and, and, and what will happen is, is, you know, I, and I don't know how many other podcasts you guys listen to. Like if you listen to Jocko or, you know, some of the other guys that, you know, maybe they drink a little bit more of the nationalist Kool-Aid um, than we do. But at the same time, th- their experience are very similar done a lot of things that are you know kind of similar of course they're all navy seals but the point i'm making is is that you know we're all veterans we all have a different perspective on life but the one thing that we have in common is that we do know how to work together with other people yeah you know that is one thing that we all have in common that's something that we were all taught at a very very early stage in the process and so my theory is that when you listen to these different podcasts and you hear like an idea floated and that idea kind of like picks up, you know, momentum and starts to be accepted by other people, that is the solution. It's a decentralized solution where you start to bring up ideas. You introduce them to other people. People can decide to, to, to adopt that idea or adopt that concept or say, you know, this, you know what, I like your outlook on life. I want to try that too. Right. And then other people have that choice. But when you try to dictate how people are going to live, okay, which typically is a government, you know, way of doing things that that's how you end up with so much things that get screwed up. Because when everything is just you know, look at the mask mandate, right? They decided we're going to mandate masks, right? Yeah. So you had people who legitimately had pre-existing conditions who probably should be wearing masks, scared or for not, their or lives. Or not be
1: out in public. <laughs> or not be
2: out in public. That And that's probably the better answer. And if you do have to go out and check your mail, and maybe you're afraid your neighbor might come over and say hello to you, you wear your mask outside whatever that that's your choice right that's up to you but
0: when well, they I guess started you got to wear your mask you got to wear your mask when you're pumping your gas now you know and nobody's oh, around you for 30 oh you feet. Got <laughs> which is you know, stupid and a, and, a, and a cop walks up to you and says put your mask on
2: i did hear about that who
0: was that oh, was that man. you that was that was me bro yeah. so the cop oh, walked up to man. you
1: the cop walked up to you and said, Hey bro, put walked your mask on.
0: up to me. Yeah. Walked up to me and said, put your mask on. I'm alone. It's did, four in the morning. I'm pumping gas. Did you and tell him that you're they, not a slave? I told him to pack sand. Oh,
2: see, I, I yeah. tell people either I'm not a slave. That's
0: one. Or I two. who's going to arrest. I said, are going to arrest me in a, in, a, in a gas station over not wearing a mask? And he looked at me and I said, that's what I thought. And he kept walking. Yeah.
2: Well, and you know, I, I tell people, and then then I said other
0: things, but I'm not going to go ahead and I'm not going to put on the podcast. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you 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 should have told him you're
0: on a ship, bro. Oh
2: shit, man. You're going to wreck this podcast, man. You're going to wreck this podcast. I know.
1: I know. My my
2: bad. I'm messing with you. But no, seriously, (laughs) the thing is, is that like, I tell people when they say something to me about a mask, sometimes I'll have it around my neck which is kind of funny. Right. You know, I have it on paracord, you know, it's just hanging yeah, there yeah. And, and, and they'll be like, you know, where's your mask? I'll be like, Oh, I got it right here. And they're yeah. like, well you have to have it on your face. And I'm like, but it's just as effective here.
0: It's <laughs> 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 good. These, these masks, <laughs> so maskers, man. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. And they get you, man. Ugh. See that way worse, somebody can't better, say, man.
2: That way somebody can't say I'm not wearing a mask, but I still get my, 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 uh, my ounce of rebellion in that is just innate in my nature. Right. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I've got Celtic, you know, I'm Scottish. I, I, you know, I have all this rebellion in me. Right. Same. And so when somebody tells me, when somebody tells me, I, you have to do this and I think it's a stupid idea, you know, I usually have some choice words for them. And in this case, the only way that I can do that is just to be sarcastic, a smart ass, you know, to basically throw it back at them. I'm not going to sit there and break down science and facts and say, well, you know, if you talk to Dr. so and so, they'll tell you that yeah. if you wear a mask, it's actually a place for all of these germs to collect to where if yep. you do end up with just a teeny tiny little speck of covid, it actually grows in the mask. And then when you wear it long enough, you can actually end up ingesting it or breathing it you in. Suck it and in. And now, yeah, you, have, suck it right now in. you have full-blown COVID in your lungs, right? Yeah. So
1: these uh, these social warriors have the fake science facts on the tip of their yeah. tongue.
2: Yeah. they do. Yeah, they do. And trust me, I've been down this road. I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to tell you, I've had family members that have, have almost have almost stopped talking to me about some of these things.
0: Well, the, the the to me the saddest thing is is, is uh, I know some some very smart people that, that I that I um have hold a lot of respect for, uh, who have bought all of this hook line and sinker, and I just kind of, and I'm and these are people you know gumbo you and I both know these people, and it's mm-hmm. like, they're they're very smart people like intelligent, like they got it going on upstairs. The brain works perfectly. And, and they're just, and, and, and they're into this whole mask thing. Like they, you know, like they believe it and they genuinely do. And it's, and this is somebody that I would normally have a conversation about having a questioning attitude about things and being, you know, independently smart, independently intelligent, you know, um, verifying sources and, and questioning everything that comes out of the media just to make sure that you're not believing blindly these things. And, uh, and there's so much evidence out there if you just look to, to see how dumb the whole concept of this mask is for the vast majority of us. And like you said, Skip, like some people probably aren't, aren't, aren't all that healthy and probably should wear a mask and the rest of us should just live life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, the uh,
2: the best the best you know? solution to this, the best solution and I'm not a doctor and I don't even play one on TV, yeah. but the best solution <laughs> to this is going to be just simple, you know, where everybody develops their antibodies. So, yeah. you know, mass, just mass let everybody, you know, get sick, everybody get over it, and if you have pre-existing conditions to where you are worried about it, don't shut down the entire economy that completely creates the yeah. conditions yeah. for a greater depression and possibly, and I just heard this recently, like today or yesterday, the, 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 the circumstances that might actually lead us into a world war in the next five years. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if you guys all like, that, It all but, starts
0: economic. It is economic. So like uh, most wars are yeah. economic in nature. At least that's how they, they start are. Out because there's, there's always something that there's some yeah yeah what do but, they say I a mean, full know, belly I mean, doesn't like, revolt right you know
2: right yeah and and you know starvation is what causes people to fight right i mean you know they they don't they don't like seeing their uh, their family starve and i can't blame them right
1: i mean look at the but, ufc they, they 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 make them weight cut before they go <sighs> into their bout it's it's the same thing in a sense that's exactly what it is. They, make,
0: they cut weights like a make there's, weight, dude. There's this that they're is
1: this. a part of it. That is a part of it.
0: They're
2: making us okay, so you just save that bit for Joe Rogan and see what he has to
1: say about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna try and get on that show, dude. Yeah, hey, you're I gonna mean, fight like you're
1: hungry, you're gonna fight harder, you know? And yeah, that's true. So yep. so I ended up
0: I think you muted yourself, Skip. But uh, on that on that note I know that when I'm spear fishing, if I've got a full stomach, uh, I don't spearfish nearly as well. But when I'm but when I'm when I'm hungry, I go after them fish. Is that is that the same thing? It's gonna Well, good.
2: it's really weird because I ended up with safe driving mode. And I really hope I'm not driving because I'm Please. drinking right now. <laughs>
1: Hey, yeah, hey no keep us safe, Skip. Drive us home. I,
2: I will. I'll, I'll take us <laughs> home. Hold on a second, brother. I'll get you there. Um, so yeah. I, got this, I got this thing, right? So I came up with this. Somebody sent this meme, and I don't even know. It's not really a meme. It's a quote, right? And, and because it's Veterans Day, I feel like this quote, it, it, it's, it's in the right place right now if I read this. But mm-hmm. it says, what is the number of veterans in this country? I mean, it's got to be more than a million. Oh, yeah. yeah there awesome, are so yeah. many people in this country that really understand violence. And they're not the ones calling for violence. They're not the and Nazi people. The people that really understand violence, that have seen violence, that have committed violence for their country, those are the motherfuckers that you break glass in case of war. You need them. And people don't understand that. These people running around, calling for violence, calling for a revolution. You are going to open a door that you can never close. And when these soldiers come pouring out of that door to defend what they think is an attack on their freedoms and their country, you're. Yeah, f- that was Joe Rogan. So since yeah, no, I saw that. I him, saw that
0: quote. That was I. You know, I, I, uh, I sure would have liked to have hear him say it. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, wonder, yeah, of course. I wonder when he said that, but no, no, that's that's a that's a very good quote. I'm glad you read it. I, that was good.
2: I you know, I, the one thing I respect about Joe Rogan is is that while sometimes I think he's guilty of doublethink, you know, where he's allowing two different concepts to occupy his mind at the same time, you know, rent-free. Yep. That's okay because the one thing I do like about him is is that he'll say exactly what he's thinking. He doesn't really hold back. He doesn't really care about the political correctness uh, aspect of life. And quite frankly, that's part of the reason why I like Trump, because Trump doesn't really care either. And he might be wrong. Like, you know, there are times where I'll go into like some kind of meeting or whatever and, you know, and and I start getting warmed up and you can tell on people's faces. They're like, oh, Skip's going to say something. I know he's going (laughs) to say something, right? Because I get I start getting warmed up like, okay, all right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I start to literally get ready to like, go, like, freaking, you know, if I was half the man I was 10 years ago, I'd take a flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I start down that road, you know, it's like, but you know, the point is, is that, you know, that's one thing I like about Trump is that he'll do that, you know, regardless of how you feel about him as a person. I know he's very unpresidential. And, and I think that the, the amount of Republicans that you have seen, and, and not even Republicans, I don't even want to, I don't even want to can people in that, in that uh, phrase, you yeah. know, the amount of amount of Americans that actually have come out to support him, because he is that person. He is the non politically correct. I'm not here to get along. I'm here to get a job done. And if you're the guy, that's in my way then you you know you are not the guy that's doing his job i'm that guy right and so like i look at that and i have a certain amount of respect for him if nothing else just the fact that he does not give a about what some people think and i respect that and i think joe rogan's kind of the same way
1: i I think uh I think Joe Rogan was kind of, he got, he got leg kicked along the way and said, he'll, he'll say what he has to say. I don't want to call him a gatekeeper. He is a gatekeeper kind of, you know, he, uh, yeah, but he'll say what he has to say, but at the end of the day, you can kind of get the gist if you can read between the lines, but there's certain areas that he can't go into. And I think. right. He, yeah. No, he, 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 he was, won't
2: commit to things. Yeah. He won't yeah. commit to things. Although he does say, and this is kind of funny he does say that Alex Jones is one of his favorite people mm-hmm. to have on the show.
1: And they're both in Texas which, right now.
2: Uh, yes, they are. And it's a riot. I don't know if yeah. you've seen the last episode that they were on together. It was phenomenal. And then of course they wanted to cancel the, you know, that, that was when Rogan was going through the whole
1: thing Spotify where they stuff, were.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, cause again, we're so here's another dichotomy you know you got libertarians right anarchists however you know you align yourself that believe that the government shouldn't be involved in you know all these things and that evil's only come from Anything. government thing but now <laughs> but now you have you have like this technocracy that oh, has yeah. made its way into american lives quite yeah. frankly that's probably where most of the mask mandates is coming from is from technocracy or some type of scientific authoritarianism which is like that's. this is the first year i ever heard that word um yeah. you know where you basically have sciences you know scientists dictating how you're going to live which by the way just kind of fits in with the agenda 30 you know where the 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 world's going to come to an end. So we, you know, sorry guys, but 30% of you have got to leave in the next five years.
0: We don't know where you're
2: going, but we, but you've got, you gotta, you can't be here on earth,
0: you know,
1: you don't have to go home, but you can't uh, stay here.
0: (laughs) Wasn't that whole technocracy thing? Um, kind of the point of the whole Ted Kaczynski, um, deal wasn't wasn't that part of what I, his manifesto was about
2: i have you know it's probably better that i didn't read his manifesto because i think if i did in, in my mind this is what would have happened i don't know if you ever if you ever saw um um they call me tater salad that that, uh-huh. that comedy routine yeah
0: yeah yeah. And yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. and
2: and and they're gonna run his. They're gonna run his That's, name.
0: Yeah, Ron. You know, Ron White. All, right? yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, Ron White. And then all of a sudden, like satellites start linking up, you know, and like start communicating with each other. And then all of a sudden, you know, do, 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 right. <laughs> so so if I had read Ted Kaczynski's, um, uh, I I I, I pro I probably would have had that same thing happen. I'm probably yeah. not the right person to to read that because of my <laughs> my level of um level of uh you know preparations and training and um how active i stay in the training circuit and things like that that it yeah. would probably just freak people the hell out
0: yeah you're probably right you so know hey I mean? we got uh, we got donnie geever here man he just came in what's up donnie how you doing
3: Sorry, I uh, I took a pre pregame nap because this started at eleven my time, so now it starts at twelve my time because I'm a retard. But
0: I'm. <laughs> hey, welcome to the club, buddy. Hey, hey Donnie, oh have God. you have you have you had the opportunity to, to to meet Skip the Collapsitarian? Have you guys have you guys? I have before? not. I
3: mistook him for Bill the other day because I thought Zero Gov was Bill's. Like, I don't have a lot of time for Twitter and that kind of stuff. So whenever I yeah. like, I associate Zero Gub with Bill, and you should. You so
0: should. Yeah, they're the same guy, right? Yeah.
3: No, no, so, we're um, not the
0: same guy. Bill is. No, my no, best no, friend. no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, Zero Gov is is Bill, right? And then you're you're yeah. you're the skip skip the, the yes. rifleman. We're, yeah,
2: we've been Thank best you. friends since two thousand one.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Well, using somebody else's Twitter is like using somebody else's underwear. So it was, I was just confused. And now I got it. Oh. They, they, yeah. They
1: better smell good, Donny.
3: So I don't, what expect, I don't expect that from underwear. I just expect knowing whose it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough.
2: What ended up happening? What ended up happening is is that he had to leave Twitter, and and what i've done is is i've tried to carry on his ideas and some of his you know teachings but at the same time you know him and i don't go a week without talking to each other so you know and we train together like we're on the range you know we spend a lot of time on the range together uh, so, I, I
3: didn't notice until i heard a different voice it was okay you, it, you're, it's completely unnoticeable from here i just you know that's why I figured out two days <laughs> wow. ago instead of yeah so oh so long ago. Yeah, well, thank you for the compliment
2: because it, even just putting me in the same sentence, I always feel in awe because when the guy starts speaking, I just sit and take notes because it's really funny. Because when I when I first met him, you know, I was a staff sergeant in the army. He was a captain. He was a senior captain, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it was one of those things where. I just thought that all captains were that smart at the time. And I was just like, damn, he would say these words. And I would have to write them down, you know, because, you know, as an NCO, you're always carrying a notebook and pen. And I'm always writing these words down. I'm having to go look them up. Well, what I found was is that a third of his words that he would use, I couldn't even find in a dictionary. And I, I was like, where am I going to find this? And and I kept looking and looking and looking. And, and then he told me, he's like, oh, You need the uh collegiate, unabridged, whatever, whatever. It comes in two volumes. And I'm like, you dude, can we just keep it to a regular dictionary? Like just can you just use the one dictionary language with me?
3: There's there's not enough conceptual playbook for Bill in one dictionary.
2: No, there's not. And he's
3: you know uh, how did you get to be a staff sergeant while thinking that Bill was normal captain material? I don't even know I, how those. <laughs> I was just
2: really disappointed for the first, you know, 10 years or eight years or however
3: many years <laughs> it was. 10 that I... years before you met something yeah. like Bill. Oh Jesus. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that... that's
2: actually true. I, I had one other captain I worked wow. with that I thought was brilliant. And, and once I met Bill, I realized that that guy was an idiot.
3: So but. yeah, the my first my first intelligence captain was a lot like Bill. So everybody else after that kind of had to live up to ninety percent of Bill. Like, no, I wouldn't even say ninety percent of Bill. He he was really good, really good, but Bill's just a different level.
2: Yeah. So no, I, he is. I got lucky
3: where I got a good one, and then everyone else had to be like that, and it was only one who wasn't. Yeah. So well, but when but we as far as captains, now, like O3s, yeah. uh, nah, never mind. B- Bill's kind of in his own class, and I had a really good one. And o- O3s are kind of run-of-the-mill. Yeah, I mean, no, so they are. This,
2: he was a prior enlisted guy. Hmm. So he was well, – That'll make the difference, think, right?
0: That'll always be. Yeah, a he
2: – I want to say he was he was like a he was like a petty officer first class and then he left the navy and went into the army reserves and he ended up going to group. And that was his assignment was in group. So they had him in OJT as a I want to say it was in 19th group or I can't remember exactly where but I think it was 19th group as an 18 echo so he was doing AJT for that while he was going to college. He finished his degree, and then they sent him off to go teach somewhere, you know. And and you know from there he went air defense, and you know I'm sorry to drag out his whole life no, history, little, but that's a, but the point is, is that's a his good background. You know,
0: this is probably a good segue into into um, what I was hoping to kind of touch on a little bit for for uh, for tonight's uh, little discussion is. Um, were did were you guys willing to discuss a little bit about your military service and give maybe a couple like what we would call in the Navy a couple sea stories about um, you know what what it was like for you maybe some of the funniest maybe one of the funniest things you ever had to do uh, and then maybe uh, some of the not so one of the not so funny things you know changing the names of course to protect the guilty um, but uh, what do you think you guys uh, able to able to do that
3: hell yeah. Or- yeah.
0: Okay. Donnie, what about you, man? Good?
3: Sure, that's easy. I mean, I literally refer to everything in the military as dumb. So yeah. none of it <laughs> is really. That's
0: a good place to start, anyway, right? <laughs> the
3: most advanced thing you're going to do in the military is still dumb. It might be complicated. You know, 14, if you look in the back of a cuckoo clock, there's lots of gears and stuff back there. It's really complicated. If you look at a sundial, it tells time. You can also look up at the sky and just take a guess. So it could get super complex. It could be kind of simple, but we're really just telling time. And you can usually just do that without any of the equipment. <laughs> <So> that's kind of <laughs> like the military. It's yeah. you can do a lot of this with a rock. Mm-hmm. I fixed radars. What the f- for? oh am sorry. But but what are we here for? Like that's the military. <laughs> like why what are you uh are we so here? all of this? What, is so, so you
0: were you did you, you worked on radar. What what branch of service were you in? Were you navy? Were you army? I was, was I branch? was
3: navy and army oh, Okay. and oh, wow. national guard. So I did part-time part-time army, full time army, and then full time navy. Okay. The most complicated thing I did was fixing radios and radar. The simplest thing I did was infantrymen and there is no intelligence in what you're going to apply these very complex tasks for regardless, (laughs) like you you could be the most advanced monkey in the jungle. You're still a monkey. It's still a jungle. Why are we here? What are we doing? And, and that's really like the whole experience. Is there's a bunch of people over there who are all trained to deal with complex stuff, but none of them know why they're there. None of us know where we're going, and we find out why it happened. We're all like, "What?" <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's by design.
2: Oh yeah, they sent us to the
0: weeds. Why is that? Why do they do that? Uh, ours is, that is not to
2: ours are ours is not to uh, to question why. Ours is just to do and die
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah oh, sad, sad but true yeah i think a lot working. of
0: times it's probably why they recruit such young why why they target the younger uh men why they target the uh the, the 17 18 19 year old men for recruiting because they have the physical capability to do everything they're asked to do and none of the mental capability to question it you know yeah i didn't know or, shit at, or at least or at least at least yeah. a lot of it i shouldn't say it, maybe not all of it but uh you know there, there were things that look back at my early you know, my late teens early 20s and i go man i was stupid why did i do that you know <laughs> um.
1: I, I think that that every day yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I, what, what i'm, I'm saying selling- that about
3: my 30s still
2: there you go one, all right
3: <laughs> one of the selling points for the military is you're going to get trained to do a job but what the military does is they so look at it like this the politicians are sending the military people out into the weeds But we have to do two things at the same time. We have to make the military people feel like they're doing the right Mm -hmm. thing. And then we have to, so so we have to give them a job. And that job has to be of a complexity that's going to keep us busy. Then they're going to send us out into the weeds and get us killed. So if the job is of the improper complexity, we'll, we'll be doing too simple of a task. So now you do combat. Well, you use divisional labor as a weapon. You break the military up into way too many tasks, but then you give somebody an environment in which you're, they're gonna be so stressed out that maybe all they should have is a simple task. So you give everybody a really simple task and then you send them to Normandy Beach and say, you only have to do this one portion. So that's kind of how a military is broken down where everybody gets this ignorant little portion and then you get put into the most dangerous environment possible, and you're only expected to do that. Well, lo and behold, when you try to do this to all of the primates, this strange, strange group of primates rises right to the top, and instead of dying like they were supposed to, they become infinitely complex and super, It was real dangerous, like really dangerous, and then they come back and kill the politicians, and that's the process that's happening (laughs) right now. Oh, so, so you had I don't think to, to I just realize so that lives. was going to happen.
2: I, I want to see this movie. Huh? <laughs> it be great. I want to see great. this movie. All right, hold
3: on, wait. get out the window here. This is 2020 outside my window. This is the nonsense that's going on outside of here right now, where all of the people are getting really, really angry with the politicians, for they have caused more problems than they can solve yeah. for themselves.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: So all the wow. people who, who get called for that are now revolting and nobody knows how to do it because the people who know how to do it refused.
0: There's a lot of that. I think a lot of that, a lot of that's happening. You're not wrong. There's a lot of dummies
3: getting sent to Afghanistan, but there's a lot of not dummies who won't sign the contract anymore. Wah, wah. uh-oh. Hostile yep. work environment for a politician. <laughs>
0: Tell me a funny story about your service, Donnie. You got one?
3: Uh, start me off because I know this is dumb, but I did everything. I joined the Navy. So here, I'll I i the Army.
0: I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell one that I think is funny. I told it the other way to Gumbo, and I thought and he, he thought it was hilarious. So when I first checked on board my very first ship um, when I was in the Navy, there was a guy walking around the ship. Uh, who'd been there for a couple of years. And he would just go into a random space, pick up a piece of paper off of the table and smell it. Right. And then he'd put it down and he'd just walk away. And the first couple of times I saw him do that, I, I kind of, I asked the guys around, you know, around the shop, I said, why, what's, what's this guy, what's this guy doing? And they're just like, just, he always does it. Leave him alone. Don't ask. It's, it's not worth it. Nobody knows. Just let it ride. Well, so about, about two more years goes by. And this guy's processing for separation. He's getting out of the Navy, and he's got all of his checkout paperwork in a nice little folder, right? And he walks right up to me. and He goes, "Yep, that's what I've been looking for." You know, he's. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So, so, like, so, like, so, like, so like, so for like for like four years, this guy's playing this long joke out on everybody. And everybody asks him every time he asks, "What are you doing?" And he just like, "What? What are you talking about?" I don't even, you know. He would pretend that was he would you would ask him why he was sniffing the paper. And then he would pretend that you're crazy for not for, you know, that he didn't do that. Like he was, you know, yeah. For, so for four years he, he did that. And then when he finally got his separation stuff, he's, Oh yeah. That's what I've been looking <laughs> that's for. That's awesome. The long that's, game, man. <laughs> that's so <good>. that's, that <laughs> is, that's,
2: that is definitely a long con. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's what we're I looking like for. That. Something similar, something, something goofy that doesn't make any sense, you know, but, uh, gumbo you got one skip you got one anybody got a funny story this is a veterans day episode i wanted to kind of focus a little bit on that if we could yeah
1: something um, i got a stupid one if you want me to go go with it I,
3: I have a similar one i i, I kind of did that with the navy i um, i was on shore duty um, my first assignment from the navy I was second in my class and I got to pick which assignment, like we all just got to put our assignments and I looked at what was available and I put my assignments in order and I ended up on shore duty and I got there. I was an ET and my, my shop was filled with ETs and FCs, fire control. Mm-hmm. And the FC senior chief didn't like, he's like, your first tour is short duty. I said, <laughs> no, my first tour was in the military. My second tour is in the Navy. now now this now this gamesmanship goes for a year he decides to give me a bad eval so i can't go to buds he gives me uh, he gives me a 3.8 and i'm not allowed to go
1: that's messed up man
3: and he and he said one of these days you'll figure out that i'm your uh, that i'm your on your way to buds and the next day. There was a there was a counter. It was 1,111 1, days, and that was my short timer counter. And he's just like, "Don't worry, you'll get you do your stuff right. You'll get to go to Buds when it's okay. When when we when we decide to let you go." And I said, "I don't think you understand. I'll go back to the army when you decide to go to special operations. None of, no adult will stand in your way, but there's no adults in the Navy. So for 11... <laughs> days, I kept working <laughs> stuff off there. I went to the boat about ninety days later, and I showed up on the boat. You know, the the senior chief is like, "You were in the army," so he puts me on a gun, and he was cool. But uh, you know, they they gave me a professional development, we, our professional development board. And I was on the boat. They're like, "What is your? What do you want to do on the McFall?" And I'm like, "Leave." So <laughs> my calendar just leaving so the whole time i was on the boat i was on the way out the whole time i was there and they're like but why can't we get you to stay in the navy and i'm like well you call this guy here's his name he's a chief you're a chief right because it's the chief's mess and Mm y'all are a mess so you call that dude and you tell him that he should have cleaned up his mess a long time ago but now you got a mess because of him and basically i harassed (laughs) everything in brown until i left <laughs> what, what I mean, it was border, it was insurgency and terrorism. They offered me, I was one of those weird things in the Navy where you get the full enlistment bonus. Okay. That doesn't happen. The way they, I, I was only in, the, if you're a first time ET in the Navy and you re enlist for six years, you don't get the full bonus because your time in service isn't high enough for you to cap out. Yeah. So I had been in the Navy for three years. I was a first term guy. I was re-enlisting for five years and I was going to max out the pay scale because it's what, because I had that four years and the Navy doesn't count it. So everyone yeah. in the Navy looks at me like I'm a unicorn. They're like, dude, you're going to do it. You're one of the few guys who can re-enlist and <laughs> cap out an ET enlistment bonus. And I said, yeah, keep your shit. I'm leaving.
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's uh, that's that mutiny i was yeah. talking about earlier gumbo that's what i'm talking yes. about yeah. that's yeah. the uh the you know that's that's hey, the sailors, still we're still in when a ship bro when, yeah when we're all on a ship you get guys like donnie Giebert just rocking the boat man i love it yeah that's great I, hey i,
1: I wouldn't yeah. even be able to talk to donnie because i'd be down in like ox one or main one <laughs> on my knees wiping up oil like 2190 <laughs> <laughs> or something
3: <laughs> I was in forward IC just minding my own business waiting for TikTok. TikTok. Awesome. I did what I did my stuff whatever I needed to do but I was on my way out because the navy was going the navy was bureaucratically such a nightmare that I would rather go oh, yeah. live in the dirt in the army than deal with the navy
0: yeah there's a lot of yeah, bureaucracy, the bureaucracy there is it's yeah. pretty rough skip what's your story man you got something you know, comparable
2: yeah, you know, living in the dirt's not that bad. Um, I remember, um, I remember one one of my uh, one of my tours in Korea. We were uh, we. It seemed like we were in the field for like forty five days straight, and I mean, it was it was insane. And I remember just being shuffled from here to there. And I started learning the lesson early on that if you're one of those like valuable people you know, AKA a person who actually does what they're asked and can be relied upon that you end up getting more work than, than the other people. Of course. And, and and I, I, and, and I, I would say yes to everything. And so, you know, do you want to go to this? Do you want to go to this? Hey, do you want to go to here? Do you want to go to that? And, and so I, I just kept saying yes to everything. And, and, and it turns out that I spent so much time, you know, yes to here, yes to there. I'll, yep, sure. You need somebody down there? I'll go down there. Yeah, absolutely. My whole entire year mm-hmm. in Korea, I was supposed to go to a, a leadership school so that I could get promoted. And, and they, had, they had started to begin to rely on the fact that I would say yes and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, wait, what about this school? I, I need this school to be able to get promoted. Oh no, no, no. But now see you're mission critical. We can't have you leave because right. you're the only one that knows how to do all of these things. Right. You're mission critical. So you can't go to get promoted. Other people who are worthless are going to get promoted, right? You know, because they, right. we can't rely on them, but because we rely on you, yep. Um you you you're just going to have to stay back here. You can't go. And you know eventually you'll catch up. You know, you you'll catch up.
0: Right. Bro, I've seen so that, that,
2: that was, movie. That was yeah, frustrating. Was feeling... And it 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 sucks. Uh you know, it 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 happens everywhere, but I I have to say I have not been anywhere where I've not seen it more than than in the military. and cer- certainly not in the army. It seems like You know, the people who you rely on the most um, are the people that you end up taking advantage of the most.
3: There's a phrase that the more objectives you take, the more objectives you'll be assigned. Yeah. I've kind of referred to that as the curse of curiosity. The more things you know how to do, the easier it is for you to lie to, to get lied to. And then you're the person who then goes, "Hmm, I wonder why that doesn't work. So you start to snowball in all of these things of why doesn't this work and why doesn't that work? And you're right, it's, it's mission critical whereas the bureaucracy screws you and then your own curiosity will drive you into madness because you don't know why none of the stuff around here works.
1: AKA collateral duties. <laughs> They're gonna give <laughs> yeah. you
3: every, every single
1: job that no one else wants that may know how to do, but. Now I will has- tell
0: you,
2: I will tell you, it did end up paying off but it took 20 years and, and, and then, and then, you know, because I was the person who would actually sit down and read the operations manual or sit down and read, you know, the SOPs and understand the processes and different things like that, that it came to a point where they were like, Oh no, no, we, we have to keep you. Um, We, we, we've got a position for you as a contractor. And, uh, yeah, we need, we need to keep you on because, um, you're, you're the only one that knows how to do some of this stuff. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> There's funny. one thing that happened a lot in the last 20 years, and that was such hard technology transitions that any of the officers and COICs that were in charge mm-hmm. of those programs at the time accidentally became half a million dollar men just along the way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not that kind of, I'm not that kind of (laughs) needed. If I wasn't a researcher, I could have structured my career like Bill's. Instead, I just accidentally ended up one with similar to Bill's with all of the weirdness and all the concocting and that, but it really does come into a, when some human being on the face of this earth is talking and I want to sit down and listen to it. Who is it? It's Bill because it's, it's one of the few humans I relate to now. That's how, that's how my life is when very few people talking and phases me until it sounds
0: like Bill. Yeah. Hmm. Hey Gumbo, you got yeah. a you got a story you want to tell? Maybe a sequence of
1: events r- real quick. So I, I was right. the uh, I was the smart guy. I, w- I was working in a paper mill in southwest Louisiana and I happened to meet a guy What did, did that m- smell like? It smelled like crap, bro. It smelled like crap. Have <laughs> you ever did been you in a paper mill? Paper? It stinks. Yeah. Did, you, did you smell the paper? <laughs> not, like, not that kind of paper. It didn't smell that good. But, um, so I was working in a paper mill as an electrician helper. And uh, I met this dude that rolled back into Louisiana after he did his enlistment. And uh, I was either going to, A, not go to college because I wasn't going to college. B, work at the paper mill or do other contracting jobs, which is fine. Or work in the oil fields or do offshore because I'm from Louisiana, right? Well, this guy was like, dude, you got to check out. Because I was hungry. I was young. I was like 21, 22. I wanted to see some stuff, do some things. And uh, he started telling me about the Navy. And I was like, well, I'm not going to join the Army because I live close to Fort Polk. And we all know what Fort Polk is. Oh, Yeah. I wasn't smart enough to get into the Air Force. And and I I didn't want to be a Marine because I didn't want to go get blown up right away. I wanted to live a little bit. So (laughs) there it is. I'll, I'll go in the Navy. Hey, happy birthday, Marines. Woo! But uh, damn! So I ended up joining the Navy, and uh, I, I took the bait because I'm the smartest thing on the streets, and uh, I went undesignated. Donnie, you, Donnie, you and Q know all about that. They said Ooh. you you could go undesignated and you can pick you can any pick job your that job you out in the fleet. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds fantastic! I could just scope out what I want to do. So I went as a deck seaman. And I got stationed on board a uh, a DDG, a small boy, and I knew that I made a mistake.
0: That's that's a de- that's a destroyer for anybody listening yeah. that doesn't know what a it. Oh yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. I,
1: I knew that uh, my my choices were bad choices upon the first handfuls of uh, like underways we went on because I was sweeping water in the rain on a ship out at sea, yep. and I was like. I was like, I didn't sign up for this, but I'm sweeping puddles off of the top, off the decks of a ship. And that was my job, man. I was like needle gunning paint. I was uh, sanding stuff and we're not talking about like real paint jobs here. We're talking about like, Oh, boat said, go, uh, get rid of that rust spot. And I was like, okay, I'll just paint over it. (laughs) Anyway, eventually, uh, I uh, took the engineman Man third class test and I got that first time up only because it was like a hundred percent open. Right. <laughs> and then I got to work in the engine rooms and stuff, which is more my speed because you know I come from work from a small town of Louisiana, working with my hands and stuff. So that was more my speed. And I excelled in that area because I was doing like auxiliary and small small boats, you know, and diesel engines, mm-hmm. AC and R type stuff. So that was mechanical things was more like my speed. But uh I loved it and I hated it. Uh, some of my, some of the most beautiful brothers that I've ever met in my life are from the Navy, and some of them are still active duty. You know, I love them, but uh, sweeping water in the rain on a ship out at sea—if nope. you go into the Navy, don't do it. But if you do, don't go undesignated. <laughs> <laughs> Happy
2: Veterans Day.
3: If you're going to join the military, <laughs> ask your ask your recruiter what a collateral duty is first. If you're going to join deck division, you, collateral duty is your life. Yeah. So yeah. that is the only, Dude, that was, only uh, rating in all four services that I know that actually collateral duty is the only thing you know how to do officially. That is your title. You will go and do the thing. Yeah, whatever, whatever bull is, you're on your way to that's do that. Funny.
0: I did, uh, I was a, I was a Navy recruiter myself. In fact, I did, I did, I had, I had a chat with Jordan from. uh, And uh, you put the camera on. That's brave. (laughs) Well, you know, you you do live
3: on an Island though, right? Okay.
0: Well, so that's, but that's like the biggest scare when you're a recruiter is, is uh, you you just, you know, that at some point you're going to see, yeah, I put like 80 something people in the Navy. Hey, if you want to you know, sell something, give it to Q, I,
1: He'll sell it. He'll sell I,
0: it. I, I could, uh, you know, I ran into, I ran into some, you know, some of these guys I put in the Navy, you know, down the line, ran into them again in the fleet. And that's like your biggest fear when you're a recruiter is like, I got to run into these guys and some of them aren't going to like me. You just know that. So, but, uh, yeah, that, undes- that undesignated kick, man, that was a hard pill to sell. I didn't like selling it. Did not, you know, cause, uh, you know, you're not the master of your destiny, like like people like they try and tell you you are. You know.
2: You know, yeah. I here's another story, real quick one. So when they decided that I would make a good recruiter for the army, I knew that that you was you were a recruiter, Skip. Life. No, I got oh. out of it. <laughs> so, so when they decided that I was going to make a good recruiter, I got out of it. It took me three serious good tries to get out of it but at the time I was trying to go special forces and so I kept you know trying and trying and trying I kept you know putting in my request and you know they would deny me and say no no no, you're on order for recruiter duty so I found out the fastest way to get out of recruiter duty is to apply to a unit that doesn't exist (laughs) how does that work I don't and when I, and when I did that, they uh, I went through the pre-selection phase for that, and when they said, "Oh, never mind, he's in whatever, whatever," right? I won't even say the unit because everybody just refers to it as the unit. And when I was in the pre-selection phase, they were like, "Oh, never mind, we're not even going to bother." And so. I, they pulled oh, yeah. me off orders and I never ended up getting back and I didn't, I didn't get selected in the pre-selection phase. So, you know, it's kind of like a buds kind of scenario. Right. But had I made it through, you know, I have would have just been in a different, different, entirely, you know, entirely different world, probably not even be talking to me right now, but, but because of the circumstances that occurred, That's how I ended up, you know, being side by side with Bill Bupert on a range and we ended up becoming best friends because we sat there and started talking about weapons and it it was cold, it was snowing and it was raining off and on, a little bit of both. In the middle of all this, we were in Yakima, you know, which is like Yakima, Washington has some bizarre weather and I want to say it was January, if I'm not mistaken, and it was hilarious because we it was it was me and Bill Bupert had this like actual you know, like it was literally the movie was made after us when they said, Did we just become best friends <laughs> in step brothers? <laughs> yeah. Because that was that hey, was what happened. Is this the part
0: where we kiss?
2: Yeah, exactly. The, I mean that was, it, and you it was just, funny. You because, just made a weird gumbo. And and the funny thing I'm is, is well, he yeah, I was gonna say. But the funny thing is, in all of this, is that we're still that way. And when we get together, our wives are like, "Oh God," <laughs> it's like just just let them go back in the room. They'll they'll be back there for hours. <laughs> just they're gonna be we're they're gonna be showing each other gear. They're gonna be like, "Hey, look at this new end I got on my M4. Check this out. Look at here." And then you know, drive the rifle, drive the rifle, drive the rifle. You know. Like it, it's awesome. ridiculous. We're just we're stupid like that, but it's funny. It is funny. That's funny. And it, that's it's good. actually whenever he's like, "Hey Skip, I'm gonna be in town. You want to?" You know, that's exactly what goes through my mind. Yes,
3: I get to geek out with my best friend for a little while.
1: It's <sighs> great, man. So,
3: yeah,
0: right on, man.
3: things. It all it. You know how like you go to a new place and it's majestic, and then three days later it stinks and the parking is garbage.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah,
3: the military yeah. ruin. Now, now take that and make the concept of the military ruins movies for you, and then yeah. just apply, again apply it to what's outside <laughs> the you world. Know. There's no majesty left on Earth. Earth is a closed loop system. The crust of the Earth is covered with primates. I don't care. Well, you know, I used to <laughs> say, in, I used to say in the
2: army that the the two best units that you 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 were ever in was the one you just left or the one that you were added to
0: dude you're not wrong that you're not wrong i i i spent the better part of like uh when i was i was on two ships i was on one in washington state and then one out here in hawaii and uh, i spent so much time uh when i was on this ship out here in hawaii talking about my last ship and so much to the point where you I caught myself every time and I would always apologize I'm sorry I know you guys are tired of hearing these stories I know you're tired of hearing this information yada 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 and you're right dude it the that the, they're two really good commands the one you just got added to the one you just showed up to and the one yeah. you just left yeah Yep. yeah
1: yeah do, do you remember whenever uh for, for the sailor guys in there uh, do you remember whenever you would like man the rails, like like I said before, like I started out in deck because I was un- undesignated because I was an idiot. But uh we would have to man the rails and I'd be up forward on the forecastle, the full school, right? And uh, I'd be up there and we'd have to man the rails and be in our dress uniform at parade rest as we go past wherever we're at. And uh, I used to always stand next to this one particular guy that I was that I'm friends with, and he used to always laugh because I would always cause I'm always like I play music, I love music, so I was always coming up with lyrics and stuff. I would always tell them, we are maggots on the face of the carcass of the earth, maggots on the face of the carcass of the earth, as we're, as we're going by these beautiful places as we're leaving, <laughs> just joking around, but that's what it felt like.
3: It is mm. of the face of the carcass of the earth. <laughs> my fourth unit was my best unit. My first three units for my first tour in the military. My fourth unit was my National Guard tour. It was my best unit. But the unit I appreciate the most was the unit that ended up being my last, but it should have been my second to last. I was expecting to go to Fort Huachuca for my, like, of all of the things, the army was actually kind of keeping me on track and not really screwing with me. But I, w- if I went to Arizona, I was at seventeen years, and if I took that assignment, I was going to go to Arizona. My yeah. two kids were in Texas, and I would have lost my, I would have lost my kids in my custody agreement, basically. Oof. So I told the army, you know, I've been on Vicodin for five years, just you know, abiding, and. Mm-hmm. I said, if you, you know, basically you're, you're not going, you're, you're not sending me to Fort Huachuca. Even it was an AIT platoon sergeant gig. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't going to end up being recruiting. So I knew I was going to progress without having to do the recruiting gig, but the unit I appreciated was my last unit because I thought it was my second to last. So I started making these long-term reservations about, okay, I've made it this far. I haven't had to start ball washing yet. I'm going to get sent to, fort huachuca but then i lose my kids so that's where i cut is it that, off i stopped is that a metaphor
0: huh is is ball washing a metaphor for something
3: um or is that i well listen i had artfully you're making things weird not...
0: not... do, do Do we want to go down this road
3: yeah i thought that was only <laughs> oh. in the navy
0: well, Whoa! It, I it
3: in the navy it's the military bureaucracy <laughs> is what ball washing is so i had artfully avoided this by just I would do a contract and then I'd get out and I'd go do another one and I'll get out and do another one. So I hadn't been reporting to the bureaucracy in the military for 16 years. I just oh. did what I wanted. Yeah, I trained my se- the, the military is just like, now you understand son, when you put your military on you, you put your name on this military contract, it's serious and I'm like, I got my copy, you got yours, you're locked in. watch your mouth that was how I deal with recruiters. So I get what job I want for the next four years. And I tell the military to shut up. I wish
1: I would have been that smart way back when. I I still haven't rose to the occasion,
3: but Yeah, yeah, Listen, I got Bill Buford's career, but I have no resume. Nobody knows what to look at me. The guy who actually does military resumes looks at my DD214 and says, what the hell is this? He doesn't know how to read it properly. So I don't even have a resume. But the only person who speaks to me on earth properly is Bill Gooper. Yeah.
1: When they look at mine, they're like, ah, oh, yes, sweet spotter in the
0: rain.
3: Uh, <laughs> yep, I used an enlistment contract as a weapon against the Navy. So
0: there you go. Well, good for you to pull that off. Not a lot of guys can do that. Yeah, that's pretty you got to get with yeah, Bill right. and have him write your resume for you.
3: That's the thing. I stopped taking Vicodin, and that was when I allowed the Army medical system to find out that I wasn't going to Arizona. That I was serious about not going, and all I had to do was stop taking the pills. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: I was a true Viking,
3: pure Viking. In five years, don't care. Yeah,
2: they have they have a way of just getting you hooked on all kinds of meds. I've been down that road. Um, I had. I had, uh, you know, because I had a catastrophic failure of my right leg when I was in the SFQ course, mm-hmm. and, I, and and my foot was pointed 180 degrees to the rear. I had my tibia was broken mm. in seven pieces. I had my fibula compound fracture out the sides of my boot, oh. Um, and then I split my sternum, so they had to sew me up, you know, in this, like... Oh. Velcro Man. and lace kind of thing, you know, with laces like shoelaces, to try oh. to pull my rib cages back together to where it could oh. actually heal. Yeah. I was in traction. They wanted to amputate my right leg below my left, below my right knee. They were gonna they were gonna give me about four inches of my lower leg. And then they were gonna amputate. So I went through all of that, and of course. I found out that like I found out that like morphine morphine was really good. Yep. I mean, really good. Yep. Because because you know, okay, first off I have ADHD. And so people who have ADHD don't really deal with pain very well. Right? We just don't. Yep. You have yep. to you have to find another place to go in your mind if you're in yep. pain,
0: right? Yep. And not, so not heard then, that before but that might explain something.
2: Oh, it's really bad. And then on yeah. top of that, like if you have ADHD and you're in pain and then all of a sudden somebody introduces you something that cuts out that pain, you can literally get right back to work. Like, hey, yeah, I'm good. You know, just yep. you know, tell me point me in the direction you want me to go and I I'll, I'll do it. I don't oh. care crutches, wheelchair, yep. it doesn't matter. I don't, you know, it's not going to slow me down. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I went through. And, um, you know, like not walking on my leg when I, or walking on my leg when I wasn't supposed to, you know, um, I used to people and like, I would, I would pull my, I had a double cast. So I had an outside cast and then I had, and then I had like a, I had like an erector set inside my leg. And so I would like bring up my cast and then I would open the cast and you'd see all the, the wires and the, yeah. the metal hardware and everything and then i would pull a screwdriver out of the back of my pocket and like i would grab a hold of one of the screws and like turn it a little bit <laughs> and then like put the screwdriver back in my pocket close up the and everybody's looking at me like what the and i was yep. like sorry i had a screw loose i'm good now that's you know, that's it, just to mess with people. Like I, you're, literally if you're the weird knew, you're a weird guy. You're weird guy, Skip. If if the doctor <laughs> knew I was moving that screw, he would have yeah. his pants. But you know, it's like,
0: what? It was what, just was to it, mess with. Was people. it doing anything inside? Was like, were you screwing oh, yeah, it no, deeper it into your bone oh, yeah, no, or was, like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah? It was turning one way or the other. Oh. I mean, I didn't turn it far, yeah. but you know, I mean, the point was, I wasn't supposed to be moving it. I had an
1: uncle who got into an accident where he was cutting pulpwood and he cut a tree down that hit his neck and it broke his neck and it was a real bad thing. And he had like the whole set over his head, right? And, and bolts into his noggin, right? And he would joke around after it got a little bit better and he could actually move around and he would be like, watch this. And everybody would be like,
3: no, don't do
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could, I just, I assume that it was like that with Skip. Like he'd be like, yeah. "Watch this, bro." Yeah.
3: No. And, <laughs>
2: and the thing is, the thing is, like y- you know, you, I probably should not have been allowed to drink when I was in those circumstances. But that's not what happened. I actually ended up drinking a lot more during those circumstances, which all that did was just lead to a whole new level of. You know, like I don't want to go down some of those down the road of some of those it's pr- stories. It's probably
1: better than the meds that was pr- prescribed to you, to be honest. Oh
2: well, and they they made they made the day just go by so much easier. Yep. Dude. And and so you know, yeah. But I, I'm 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 better now. You know, I don't do that anymore. You know, I don't. I all I have is bourbon, and I don't really need bourbon throughout the course of the day. It just makes It just makes for that like nice little evening, you know, kind of chill out, relax, think Mm -hmm. about things and just kind of, you know, like I like to throw tomahawks and drink bourbon. That's like my thing. And I've been doing that for a long time. I've been throwing tomahawks for like 31 years. And that's why I'm having problems with my right shoulder, unfortunately, is uh, it just never healed. I had a really bad uh, failure of my rhomboids so i tore both of my rhomboids and um you're not supposed to catch 275 pound radios (laughs) you're not supposed to throw them either
3: (laughs) no and so
2: (laughs) so uh so that tore my rhomboids and so i never did heal from that completely and that was before i tried going uh special forces so i ended up with you know, a lot of lingering, uh, issues that like, I, I couldn't sleep certain positions. I couldn't sleep, you know, certain ways. Um, I did have a problem with sleeping. I don't know if you guys have problems with sleeping, but a lot of the guys that I talk to, especially guys who have been deployed, um, you know, downrange and different things like that. I really do have difficulty, uh, sometimes sleeping. And then I'll have like a six or nine month window where I sleep like a freaking baby. And I'm literally like I go to bed, I close my eyes and I wake up and it's morning and the the sun is up. I mean it's not dark anymore. Is it like you know? a particular
1: time of the year or is it just I, a random episode? I don't
2: know. I haven't been able to observe it long enough to really like think about it, but during the summer in Arizona the sun comes up really really early. And we ended up putting these like extra layers of shades to like basically darken the bedroom. So the bedroom's like dark all the time, pretty much. And, you know, like if you go in there to find something, even in the daytime, you probably are going to turn the light on. It's that dark. And so it helps because, you know, it drives my wife crazy because she doesn't like to get up at four in the morning or five in the morning or six in the morning. Or all of those in the morning,
0: you know. Like she, Bro, six, in morning like, a, is, six in the morning is is six in the morning's a dream for me. I I, I oh. I'm I never make it that far. Like I I'm ah. up at four, my eyes open. You know, I can't I, even help it anymore. How so many now, of
3: you guys, have done CBD or or THC. I, I've,
0: well, I've I've done the I've done CBD before, and that helps a little bit. Yeah, I haven't,
2: yeah. and I I actually want to know more. Um, I'm seeing a meme here but um no i actually want to know more about cbd because i have some and and i'm i'm so afraid that if i uh take it that i'm gonna end up getting drug tested and uh fail the drug test where are where you, um,
3: you
2: um work? I, I i still work for the army oh so, okay uh, so yeah that, i don't that's know that's not i don't option. think so but I don't think it's an option, but, but I really want to, I really want to try it just to see like what difference it makes for my shoulder. Cause I, right. I have heard that now it helps well, a lot
3: with arthritis. Now I know yeah. where you're I, coming from and I'll say it out loud. They're keeping it away from the warriors on purpose. They keep, they keep cannabis yeah. away from warriors on purpose. Yeah. I will. I, I yeah. am not a medical professional. You don't have to be to be a cannabis expert because it's a plant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, have yeah. It being being Mr. Five Years on Vicodin, I, I yeah. didn't have any problems on Vicodin. I, I, yeah, I could sit down on a Friday night, take two, wash it down with a glass of scotch. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I did it for years. It was pain, man. Bye. I went, to, I did not, while I was on my tour in Iraq, I went to Kuwait for hernia surgery, just went back to Iraq, just kept eating Vicodin. I didn't give a shit.
0: Yeah, it, wow. it
3: really will take the pain away. Indica, your sleep will come back. Uh, Indica is a, a strain of, of cannabis. Your sleep yeah. will come back. Pain management is a hundred times easier, but you're a smoker then. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I would, I would so, say that that route is so much better than the pharmaceuticals, man. Because those things oh, yeah. are evil, man. That's that's. that's, cannabis, that's there's no, no question. Pharmacia, Pharmacia, yeah. bro.
2: Yeah, there's I, no yeah. question. I agree with you hundred percent. It's yep. just that. For now, yep. I'm like you know I'm just gonna suck it up and until you're you know, out. Yeah, I mean I'm 49, yeah. you know, so I'm. uh But I I still I still do get drug tested periodically. It's not like often, but it's you know it would be the month after I try CBD yeah. and yeah. say
1: oh <laughs> well, man, so this is best sleep ever and then, and then, and then get I get slammed with up, a you know? urinalysis or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I've yeah, had I've had really good, really good experience with CBD, but uh, it, but it's it's so expensive out here. I I, I don't know what it's it's just CBD oil that, that that I got. Maybe I'm getting it from the wrong place, but uh, it was it was good. I was taking it, you know. Uh, and I'll just tell you out loud: wow,
3: the state is the problem. Cannabis is about as expensive as tomatoes, if yeah, yeah. It's if it's legal. So when I tell you the whole war on drugs is a war on intellect and that the entire federal government is engaged in perceptive manipulation right down to you're not allowed to have a certain plant because that plant is in their food cycle. Like if you look at a human being, like it's a cow and you're trying to feed this thing to make it, the way they raise Kobe beef and certain types of animals, they put a lot of care into them. Well, if you put that much care into an animal, one of the feeds that you feed it is cannabis. And nobody's gonna say that because, oh my God, the politicians said it was illegal. At which point I go back to, they're public servants and they're expendable. So I don't know why, I don't know how this ever happened to adults. Because I was in the military and I, I didn't recognize any of this because I went from 18 to 30 in the military with a clearance. So I didn't mess with drugs because I had to pee in a cup. I didn't realize that can- cannabis is the tree of knowledge that the Bible speaks mm. of. I don't care about mm. any Christian theologian or military scientist They better show up in pairs, and they better show up with booze, because they're going to lose their argument. I don't care what they believe. Military science has nothing to do with beliefs; it has an awful lot to do with mortars arriving. Yeah. (laughs) The end. Yeah. So the the politicians know that they are depriving the warriors of medicine and uh, you know neurochemical and biological nourishment that yeah. looks like better sleep and less PTSD and the politicians take it away on purpose. So yeah. Yeah. Well cuz they, they well, maybe but you... maybe if
0: we vote harder we can change that. Harder? No. Sorry.
2: Like please. how much harder?
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe maybe if we all voted just a little bit harder. Like like I know?
2: was I was I was behind my 308 <laughs> earlier today. Like do I need to go to my 338 like that kind of harder? yeah but i I thought i had a
1: good analogy with the boat no
2: no, there's my bed gun
3: cue done shot shot a torpedo in my boat (laughs) i I, I like my neighbor see i'm an adult when i live in in the city i have a 45 caliber round instead of a 556 round because i'm an adult so all all the republicans all the republicans who say i have an ar yeehaw i can defend myself hey yeehaws get yourself a pistol caliber because you live in a city and you like your neighbors (laughs) but that's my bad gun
0: this is a this is a great one (laughs) yeah i love it well uh what what are we missing anything else (laughs) where's the fifth element where is it i don't know i don't know i don't uh i'm I'm ready to wrap it up unless somebody's got something else they want to say What what are we doing
2: <laughs> I could keep going. I was just trying to like not follow <laughs> the conversation.
3: So I get I I, I I think we're obliged to flip it around and, and go why each one of us should have a story as to why not to join the military.
0: Oh dude. Well a swimming so water
3: my, in I, the rain. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll you tell go. you what I uh
0: one of the things one of the things that um that always that always one of the things that always bothered me. Um was the voluntary uh like forfeiting of my personal sovereignty you know that i I felt as though that was something that uh that well i just i did i just just i did it you know and it was something that always bothered me i don't know i don't know if that's what you're looking for but i had a real hard time with that and and i just and and, in encoded deep i think skip said something earlier encoded deep in my dna is somebody who really doesn't like to be told what to do and and that's just not an option you know you're you don't, you do not you know when you're in the military you just don't have that option and uh that bothered me probably more than it should have you know And that's yeah. prob- part of that is me my fault but then ultimately like i just didn't like the idea that i gave up my sovereignty so much you know
3: oh i yeah. think that should be the ultimate hate i don't i think that should be the ultimate hatred you, of all of the things i have to give up my this my sovereignty is the last thing i, I didn't give that up to my ex-wife all I wanted was her to be honest. But if I have to choose between honesty or sovereignty, I'm gonna take honesty. And, and all of a sudden, but, but it was my sovereignty and it was the honesty I was gonna accept. And I won't put up that from anybody. I, I, I don't do subjugation. So like yeah. I said, when I was signing my name on that paper, The military didn't realize what they were in for. I knew what I was getting myself in for perfectly. I was going to agree to a rank structure, and then I was going to be allowed to play where there were millions of dollars of equipment. They were going to pay me to do it. I was going to be surrounded by people who were basically forced to behave And do a job. So So you you you
1: are a unicorn, though. You come in knowing that a lot of us didn't. (laughs) So you. Oh, I was using that like a weapon on day
3: when I was eighteen years old. My first contract was eleven Bravo, and I canceled it, and I changed it to fifty-five Delta, Explosive Ordnance Disposal. So I got to go to EOD school as my initial entry, and EOD school is the philosopher course. All of the courses that you really have to do. Um, I I don't want to say uh, SEAL and Special Forces, they're similar, but you have to perform at a really high level. So EOD school is the, this is reality. You will test in reality. We don't care. It wasn't the yelling military. It was none of that. It's the, this is the most high, one of the highest technical competencies we have available in the military was my introduction course. That I mean, that was really, really a good way to start off at 19 where you're playing with all of the most intricate complexity. But after that, yeah, I was using it like a weapon. I would warn people. Yeah, you know, you're going to lose your sovereignty. The question is, what else are you going to lose? And you can't afford to be. These are losses that civilians never take. They never put themselves in this position. So you're asking, I'd like to go to the bottom of humanity, please. And let me fight my way to the top because that's what you're going to do. But you're going to be given money to do it. And you're going to be given opportunity and opportunity isn't free in life either. So, you know, there's some leverage there. And I was just leveraging it, the military for, I was not asking what I could do for my country. I was asking what my government was up to. And if I'm going to help, it better be for the right reasons. And that was about all the skepticism you really need to not come out of this an idiot, but it's going to be hard every day because you're going to look other humans in the face. And if you're going to maintain your character and your dignity, you're going to say no in a military uniform. And that's hard. And you're going it's to, hard. it's just hard.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going to
3: pay for it
2: in one way or the other, you know? I did not pay for
3: it in career advancement because I kept leaving and coming back on a different contract. Yeah. That way I wasn't locked in but I wasn't a sergeant major either so they get paid a lot more.
2: Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, you know, if if uh, somebody were to ask me why or why they should not join the military, I would say it depends on what they want out of life because there are some people who see the they, they see the knowledge that you have they assume that all of it came from the military they assume that all of it is something that you were taught rather than something that you just pursued on your own yeah and so what i would say is is it really depends on what you want out of life as to whether the military a is the right answer and then b how long of a stint do you actually think that you want? Like, cause w- when I was in, I actually looked at it completely different than I do now. Cause at the time I was a lifer, you know, I was that yeah. guy that, that was going to be in 30 years, you know? <clears throat> and I loved it. I mean, I freaking loved it. Seriously. I loved it. And, and And if, if they were like, Oh, you know what? We just have this new school open up. My ears could hear that from like miles away. And I was like, oh, a new school. Is there something else I can do? You know, and I would run, I would run for it. I would go for it. And, and, and I went to a bunch and did a lot of cool stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you have to remember that you're a rental car. Yeah. You're going to be driven Mm -hmm. like a rental car. Oh and and when, a, and when, when they're done with you they don't care what your resale value is that's right that's right yeah
0: <clears throat> we all we all come out of there just a little bit more busted up than, uh, than than we went into it and some of it is age but a lot of it isn't a lot of it is the hard miles they put on you that's for real yeah you know and yeah uh,
3: although i look at this for the last ten thousand years humans have been ridden hard put away wet it was you know the physical labor that a farmer would do in the eighteen hundreds is oh, yeah. that's right. still yeah. not what I did in the army.
0: Oh, no, that's true.
3: Way. Yeah. So <laughs> historically, I just if I look at myself as I am one one human unit and I was born at any particular part of time, how how am I doing at forty-three right now? I'm <laughs> doing pretty good. <laughs> I might be dead in a year. I still did pretty good. <laughs> So it doesn't really matter. You know, you got to leverage some of that with reality. And how far do you want to go in life is, is one of those things. If I never wanted to leave my little valley in Pennsylvania, I might be up there making $28 an hour, but that would be it. That would be my life. 28 bucks an hour. Forever. Hey,
1: Dunny, it would be great to be blasted off in the outer space with cryptocurrency, though, wouldn't it?
3: You know, I, I am waiting for outer space and crypto are two different things. Like I heard Satoshi Nakamoto.
0: No, I'm just, I'm just at the it. same
3: time. So yeah, there's a lot going on right now and I'm waiting for the local governmental, I'm waiting for the, everybody's going to find out that the election was a lot more fraud than yeah. they thought. Um, my, my latest bullshit is Donald Trump is giving a, a a press conference at the Four Seasons landscaping company or something like that. It wasn't the Four
0: Seasons hotel.
3: I saw that. Yeah. Apparently this was a site of crime. Like he would, he decided like, he's so far ahead of the vote, the ballot harvesting gig that the one of the buildings where the Democrats were doing ballot harvesting in Donald Trump decided to have a press conference there. (laughs) So like, you know, it happened. You somewhat have either you have evidence or video and then you go have a press conference in the building in which they did it. Oh, man, this is trolling that I I can respect this level of trolling. You're going to go to a crime ridden area to have a press conference to troll someone, man. Man, that's beautiful. I I do have mad respect for that level
2: of five or 60 chess that he's playing now
3: yep, <laughs> yes. yep he's yeah in the game i'm and, telling
2: you Yep. If, if he ends up if he ends up being a fraud in the end and and none of these suckers go to jail okay that's
1: the bad thing that's that's at, where it gets <laughs> at least
2: we
3: will have the memes yeah yes i i'm convinced we're at the end of the hey like guys. the soviet empire came down and the wall came down And I'm convinced we're there because Jim Comey, you know, he's obviously a criminal, but nobody's talked about it because politics and then Hillary Clinton CGI was having all kinds of problems, but we're not going to talk about it because politics. Yeah. Yeah. And the federal reserve has been printing money hand over fist for a year and they're only pushing it into certain portions of the market. That's market manipulation. Yeah. Hey, ain't ain't it a beauty?
1: And it's a beauty how all this is connected though. Like m- most people do not do not connect the stuff, 20, which is what blows my mind. If
3: 2020 was a Las Vegas show, we're 50 minutes into a 60 minute show and there's a naked midget juggling 14 <laughs> bowling balls. That's where we're at right now. Now yeah. there's 14 bowling balls in the air and the naked midget really isn't that impressive, but we're going to see more. Like this isn't this is that's where we're at now and and those bowling balls are all going to hit the floor at once and they might hit the midget. I don't know. It's going to be good. We got to wait and
2: see. You know what I'm in it for? I'm in it for the second that all of the people that I've been burning cities down. You guys there? Went, when all, all of a sudden, when all of a sudden the realization sets in that their guy did
1: not get in. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because yep. it's coming. And they don't, I don't think they don't, they don't know it yet, but it's coming. And,
2: and, and, and people, they, they actually think something's wrong with me when they see the, my eyes light up. Yeah. When I talk about the excitement that I have, yeah. when I'm just waiting for the phone call that says you are weapons free. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the phone call to say,
3: Greenlight the veterans. Round up the communists. I I'm think, just waiting. Uh, I think we're headed for another 2016 where there are overweight women in the streets screaming at the sky, but we're not really going to have that problem. That's going to be beautiful, though. <laughs> my just in purple itself.
0: hair!
3: Oh, the lamentations are my favorite part. I'm not saying yeah. that. I am saying that instead of this hyper bad reaction everyone's expecting – I think the manner in which this defeat is coming is going to be so – I I think this political defeat is coming, but it also seems – the internet IMF, IMF is uttering the phrase Bretton Woods 2.0. Well, well, that's a 100-year financial storm. We don't have to pretend. That's not Donnie's analysis. That's the IMF capitulating. So at a certain point, all of us have to look at this as – I think we have a political problem, and about the time that starts to foment and crescendo, everyone gets to find out what a real problem looks like called the monetary yeah. problem. Yeah, so we're yeah, going to defuse true. the fake politics with the very real you-don't-have-money-anymore-figure-it-out problem.
1: The, the last time we had a new asset class was in the 1600s, and it's yeah. coming quick. So
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be and chaos. The transfer yeah. of wealth has been going on for all year long. Yes, yeah, and, and, and it's been massive. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, I don't oh. want to be the guy that cuts it short, but I'm have to cut it short. Um, my, uh, yeah, technology My, my, my technology's dying on me, dude. Because you can't sleep past four in the morning anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you need at least right. f- at least four and a half to five hours at so, least. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and um and and, and wrap this up, fellas. I think this is a, a fun conversation. I'm going to try and get this thing published and edited tonight. Uh, so right. it's sort of fresh, fresh and ready to go for tomorrow's, um, uh, veterans day. So, um, before we do that, I'm to go you ahead, like, and, at
2: least four or five <laughs> F bombs.
0: Oh, uh, I think I'm just going to hit the, um, explicit button and just, we'll, we'll make sure free. that we, that we, yeah, we, we'll, we'll have to talk about it. Gumbo and I will have to talk about it in the intro to make sure everybody knows that they're about ready to get on a wild ride. But, uh, Cause I just I can't catch them all and still release it on time, so um, we'll yeah. just have to. This will be this will be the one, and we'll just have to make the apology. But I want to give you guys a chance to uh, to to pimp pimp what you got, man. Um, plug your stuff. Tell us where we can find you. What what kind of irons you guys have in the fire, and uh, and Skip, we'll start with you.
2: Okay, uh, I am at the Free Rifleman on uh, on Twitter. Um, I am in other places now unfortunately my digital footprint's getting bigger <laughs> because Twitter is like being a bitch. so I'm having to you know kind of expand myself so I'm I'm in other things now like parlor and places like that but but for the most part if you find me in Twitter I'll I'll get you to the other I'll link you up with the other uh, places that I'm I'm located at as well um I am building teams predominantly just my local team, but I'm helping other people build teams to where when things just go completely sideways, they will have a level of security and they will be able to protect, uh, you know, life, liberty and property around them, not just their own and help people, uh, you know, through what I think is the collapse, which is kind of where my, uh, collapsitarian uh, terms come from and uh, training lots of rounds down range all the time um, there's probably not a week goes by that I'm not shooting something so
0: that's about it that's what I got going on. Right on. Awesome. Donnie you're up man what do you got?
3: Uh, the null hypothesis of politics the art of war twenty twenty dot com two free books. I, I did all of my range time. If you if you want to look at the full breadth of military experience, start with like Dale Brown and he teaches basically cops how to use their hands and then you could probably move right into Skip and Jerry Mikulik and nothing fancy and Bill and go right through all of your weapons and self-defense and educational understanding of why this is all happening and how we are going to get reset collapse however you want to call it the monetary system is going and uh two free books on the topic one about decentralized legislatures and the other is just abstract stuff that the art of war 2020 is very abstract it's kind of like the art of war where you are applying principles to your daily life and they're just more sciencey stuff it's abstract book
0: very cool man that's right well fellas, thanks again for your for your time and uh I appreciate it. We'll get we'll we'll try and get this thing out as soon as possible. And uh well, happy Veterans that. Day to both of you guys and again I I appreciate you guys. I know it's late for you. It's it's late for us, but it's really late for you guys. So I I appreciate yeah. the effort you guys Thank better. you gentlemen. Thank, thank you very Yeah. Appreciate yeah. It. Yeah.
2: You. yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us on and uh keep your
0: powder dry, everyone. Everybody. Right, Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. Hey, aloha, everybody. Mahalo again for listening to Unshackled Liberty. wanted to take this time to announce that we have moved on from Anchor.fm. We are now self-hosting at UnshackledLiberty.com. That's basically a hub for our show. So swing by and take a look at the stuff that we have there. If you wanted to support the show through Teespring or Patreon, uh, please do so there. Uh, On behalf of myself and Crypto Gumbo, thank you again for your listenership. We love you. No team but Christ.